Let's talk about adjusting the balance sheet in an LBO today on Investment Banking Insights. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. This is the only show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of the investment banking process. My name is Alex Mason and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. We're talking about leverage buyouts. I know we've been talking about many different types of debt over the past several episodes, but now we're going to get back into some LBO-specific material. Specifically, today's question is this. How do you adjust the balance sheet in a leveraged buyout? Now, when a company performs a leveraged buyout, they're taking over another business. And typically, this is a private equity investor who's using a pool of capital from clients, from banks, and from their own pockets in order to fund the deal. So how do we think about this in terms of what happens to the balance sheet of the acquired company? Now, the thing is, it's actually pretty similar to how we adjust the balance sheet for companies in a typical merger model. If you remember from a few dozen episodes ago, we kind of dove into this in depth, but we do have a few differences in the adjustments that are made. So let's go ahead and and talk over those in a minute. The thing is, a lot of these things are the same though. For example, the shareholder's equity of the firm that's being acquired, it gets wiped out, as well as the existing goodwill. Those are similar between both merger models as well as LBO models. New goodwill gets created and adjustments are made for other things like intangibles, like deferred tax assets and deferred tax liabilities. But here are some things that are differences between an LBO and a typical merger or acquisition. So unlike a typical merger acquisition, the two companies are not combining balance sheets. And this makes sense, right? Because In a typical acquisition, let's say it's one big company buying a smaller company and they're merging operations, but this isn't happening with an LBO. The private equity firm that's initiating this leverage buyout, they're not actually trying to merge their operations with the business. They just want to own the business and have control and realize a financial return at the end of the day. So it's a little bit of a different model. So that's one difference. The financial firm is acquiring control over the business and it's recapitalizing it. Another thing that's different is in an LBO, there are usually many more types of debt than with a typical merger. So imagine in a typical merger or a typical acquisition, one company buys another, they may issue one big type of debt or they may issue a couple of different loans maybe a couple of different term loans to finance a transaction. They may not even finance it with debt at all. They may do it as an all-cash deal, an all-stock deal, or maybe they split it 50-50 cash and stock. It just depends. But with an LBO, because it is a leveraged buyout, we're typically using debt, and we're using a lot of different types of debt. These different types of debt are called tranches. Now, if you're unfamiliar with that word, tranche is a French word meaning slice. So that's where it comes from. Debt often gets split up into different slices that vary by different characteristics, such as the type of debt, the interest rate, the duration, and other variables. But these get packaged up in different ways, 
And in leveraged buyouts, there's usually more of these tranches than with a typical type of transaction. Now, when the equity of the target company gets wiped out in an LBO, another difference is that it gets replaced by new equity that gets created in the deal. And there might be different elements to this. So let's go ahead and go over a couple of different elements of the new equity that could be part of an LBO. One of them is preferred stock. So remember what this is. This is a type of security. It's a senior form of equity security that pays out dividends, which is kind of like a bond, but not as senior as a bond. But it's higher up the capitalization structure than shares of common stock. So you might have some preferred stock in there. Another thing that you might see is management rollover. Now, this is when the management of the target company uses their existing equity to help fund the transaction. So management of businesses are often shareholders themselves. So in the case of a leveraged buyout, it might make sense for them that they want to contribute to the business under its new ownership structure because they'll get to reap some of the benefits if and when the business gets sold again at a higher price. And this is usually looked upon favorably because if management is willing to commit their own capital to the new deal, to this leveraged buyout themselves, then they believe in the future of the company and they be- they're committing their own finances uh, at risk in order to make this, this deal ha- happen. So they can actually contribute to some of the new equity. And then likewise, in a very similar vein, you might have rollover from options holders. So similar to management rollover, there might be holders of options of the business who want to exercise those options as part of the LBO transaction. So those are some different aspects of an LBO where new equity gets created in a deal and where some of that equity might come from. So those are some differences between an LBO and a typical merger and how the balance sheet might get adjusted. You're going to have your typical type of adjustments, just like with a typical merger acquisition, but those are some other items to think about. Okay, that's what I got for you today here on Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason. I am your host. I hope you have an incredible day, an incredible start to the week here um, here on a Monday. It's very chilly up here in Ithaca, but hope you're doing well wherever you are. I'll see you next time.